mentioned last week that um, God had been speaking to me from Exodus 33. So I do want to share what I felt that God showed me a week ago, I think it was, or two weeks ago on Friday. Um, so if you have your Bibles, Exodus 33, and we're going to read from verse 7 to the end. It's quite a long passage, but I think it's worth reading all of it. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of his tent. The Lord will speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favour with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. And Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. So it was interesting, I think it was last Tuesday, um, when Giles was sharing, he was talking about the tabernacle and the tent. Do you remember that? And it had been the thing that God had been speaking to me about just previously before the weekend. So I just want to share with you a couple of things that really struck me about this um, in, this encounter and this whole setup uh, between Moses and God and this tent. First of all, I want to clarify that um, the tent of meeting and the tabernacle and what the relationships are with that. Um, so 
before God gave the children of Israel the kind of map to set up this tabernacle in the middle of the whole camp, this incident with Moses had happened. So before the proper the tabernacle was set up, Moses had done this. And then afterwards, from then on till even the judges, you would find until the temple was built, the proper uh, structure, you will find that they started to refer to the tabernacle as a tent of meeting. So when you read that, just be, be, be aware of what's going on there. So the first thing I want to draw attention to is that actually Moses instigated this thing. So you had a camp where all of the Israelites lived and did life. You know, that's what the camp represented. They did life there. That's where if they were doing any business, as they would do it. If there was any kind of learning and teaching going on, if people were learning craft, whatever else they were doing, they did it in the camp, which kind of represents our own everyday life, doesn't it? This is our everyday life where, you know, look after kids, go to work, da, 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 do all that stuff. So I kind of for one moment imagine that Moses didn't, normally and regularly commune with God in the camp. I'm sure he did. But something in him made him want to take a tent and pitch that tent outside of the camp. And I guess in my, my, the way I say it is that this is a sign of a longing for more time with God without the encumbrance of everything else that's happening around him, without all the noise and all the conversations and everybody clamoring for his attention, because obviously he was their leader. And he, he chose to take a camp and pitch it outside, to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp to get away from all of that noise. It isn't, I think, kind of like strange, or, or I think it's probably the right timing for us that this is just before, as a whole church, we're going to be doing a tent of meeting. And the whole point of that tent of meeting is exactly this, to get away from all the noises and the, the noise and the encumbrance of day-to-day -day living and take time out as a people to go and seek God and just seek God for who he is. And that's exactly what Moses did. He, he instigated this. He called it the tent of meeting, so everybody was clear what, it was that he wanted to do. And who did he want to meet with? Obviously, he wanted to meet with God. He wasn't wanting to meet anybody else. This was a clear sign to everybody in the camp that he wanted to meet <coughs> with God. And I think the estimates are, are there are about two million people who left Egypt because it wasn't just the men. It was the men and the men were numbered and I can't remember what they had, 500,000 or something. And then you had their wives and the kids and other Egyptians that left with them. So there's about two million people, and before these people, he wanted to make a statement that I'm actually going to go after God. And um, I'm amazed that as he did that, every time he went out to this tent, the people all saw what was happening, and they would see that the pillar of cloud, which represents God's presence, will come down. And what they all did was they stood in front of their own tents, and they worshipped God. Again, that's to me a sign of what we sometimes do or we regularly do. I'm hoping we all do this all the time. We stand in our own tents, in our own home. We make space and time to worship God, to pray, to connect with him. But what also struck me was, although he took time out from everything else to do this, anybody else could have done it. 
anybody else would have gone to that tent, if you saw Moses go and you were really challenged by Moses' going, nothing stopped you from going with Moses. In fact, there was one person mentioned there who did it. His name was Joshua. And I love the fact that Joshua didn't just go with Moses. Yes, he was Moses' aide, but he, it's obvious that he wasn't just doing it because his boss was doing it or his leader was doing it, his church leader was doing it, so he did it. The reason I know that that isn't the only reason he did it was when Moses left and went back to the camp, if he was doing it to follow Moses, he too would have left and gone back to the camp with Moses. <clears throat> but the Bible says, Joshua, the son of Nun, stayed on in the tent of meeting. And that kind of shows me something about Joshua's hunger for God, that he wouldn't be limited by the hunger of his leader for God. He wanted to go after God even more than his leader did. So that's the kind of first bit of my, my kind of chat with you this morning is let's just kind of learn what's going on with this tent of meeting and, um, and in connection and in relationship to the rest of the children of Israel. And God responded, he met with Moses. The second thing that really intrigued me was the conversation that we have recorded here. There's very few times in scripture that we get to see um, the conversations that people have with God. And they always fascinate me because as you all know, I love to kind of think about prayer, talk about prayer, and hopefully to pray as well, not just to think and talk about it. Um, so it always fascinates me when I get a glimpse into people's prayer lives. And this is an example here because the verse before, verse 11 says, God will speak to Moses face to face as he speaks with his friend. So verse 12 goes to then and to the end of that chapter shows us what Moses and God, an example, I think, of what Moses and God were talking about. So Moses starts off, Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know who you will send with me. That's just like you and I, when we want to talk to God, we tell God what our needs are. So he's saying to God, this is my need. I need this. Um, then the second part of that first part of his conversation says, you have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. Again, it's obvious that Moses has been listening to God. And if he's been listening to God, that's what God's been telling him. You have found favor with me and you, I know you by name. And it's amazing that that's the same thing that God said to Jesus at his baptism, at the transfiguration. This is my beloved son. I am well pleased with him. And that's exactly the same thing that he wants to say to every one of us again and again and again and again. I am well pleased with you. Harry, I am well pleased with you, Beth, and Lou, I am well pleased with you. We mustn't ever get tired of our Heavenly Father saying that to us, because in, the, in this exchange here, that comes up again and again. Not only did Moses say, I've heard you tell me this, when God was going to respond, God said it again, and then we find it happens again in verse 17. God wants to keep on reiterating to us again and again, we don't have to do anything to earn his pleasure over us. And we don't have to do anything for us to know he knows us by name. Two million people in the camp, Moses, I know you by name. Seven billion people on earth, 
I know you by name. Each one of us. So that really struck me. And it struck me that although Moses then, his question was, Lord, you've told me I'm leading all these people. Tell me who's going to go with me. How does God answer that question, that prayer? He didn't say, yeah, I'll tell you who it is. This is who is going to go with you. What God answers is, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. More than we need to know what's to come, we need to know his presence is with us and that he gives us rest. What then struck me as this conversation goes on is nearly like God, Moses says something, God says something. Moses says something, God says something. And you can have a look at it yourself, but I just want to point out one more thing in this conversation. And this conversation represents to me a deepening of the hunger that Moses has for God. And you can say, come on, Nika, how do you see that here? I see that because Moses is asking the level of questions that he's asking of God as that conversation unfolds seems to be, for me, a thing about, I want more of you. So the first thing he was like, Lord, I know I've found favor with you. I know that you know me by name. Teach me your ways. And it's interesting, we find in the Psalms, I think, later on, it talks about God showing his acts to the children of Israel, but his ways to Moses. So God answers this prayer. Moses wanted more than God's acts. Moses wanted to kind of know more than the things that God does. The children of Israel saw God acts in Egypt, but they were so scared of God when God came, up, came, came to meet with them. They were like, no, God, that's too much for us. Uh, it's all right. We just want to be here. You be over there. But actually, Moses did more than that. He went after God and went closer to God in this tent of meeting. The second exchange, then, Moses starts to say to him, Right, if your presence does not go with us, so now I get it. Now you're going to give us your presence. If your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go anywhere from here. That's the depth of hunger that says, I do no longer want to know who you're going to send with me. I now know that you love me. I know that you're with me. And I want your presence to go with me. And then the third exchange, he goes even deeper than that and then says, God, show me your glory. So my question with us to us this morning is, if we were listening in to your prayer life, how much of your prayer life is, God, do this for me? And how much of your prayer life is about you receiving who God says you are and listening out to his affirmation of you, his love for you, even if he's saying it again the 20,000, 200,000 time, how much of your conversation with God is, that, is about that. And how much of your conversation is about ex, uh, expressing a desire and a hunger to know more of him to the point where you say, God, show me your glory. I just so want to know you so much more than I knew you yesterday. It's just intriguing for us to just calibrate that kind of thing in our own lives. What kind of things do we get to pray for? So do you live your life, all of your life in the camp? Or do you personally pitch your own tent of meeting to meet with God from time to time? Don't be afraid to say that you do because I think it encourages other people to also worship by the door of their own tent.
I, I kind of share that with people. Thursday mornings, it happens to be Thursdays. Now I might change it another time. Is when I spend extended time with God and I just spend time with God. I don't necessarily have any agenda. I just spend time with him. Sometimes there's lots of worship, prayer. Sometimes I even sleep. It's great because he gives me rest. So that's good. You know, so how do you pitch your own tent of meeting with God? Or do you just worship in the camp? Let's kind of, as we look forward to the tent of meeting starting on the 19th, let's all try and make space. We can't be as busy as Moses because none of us is president over two million people. We can't be as busy as Jesus who always pitched his tent. Even after feeding the 5,000, he sent his disciples away in the boat and he went onto the mountaintop to pray. We can't be as busy as Jesus. He always pitched his tent of meeting. Let's take time out during this next, during that tent of meeting to pitch our tent as well and go and meet with God outside of the camp. But on a, and when the tent of meeting is done, let's make sure that we keep on pitching a tent outside of this camp, this life that happens all the time. We pitch our tent of meeting and meet with God, expressing our increasing hunger for him as well. Amen.